0: Stand clear of the closing doors, please.
1: Hey, baby, let's go out there like
2: a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. You gotta
1: give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give us a shot.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clapback Sports. As always, I'm your host, The Mage. You can find me on Twitter at TheMage_NFL. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Murph. Say what's up to the people, Murph. Hey. You guys know what today is? Hump Day.
1: No.
0: No, it's Thursday. You know what else <laughs> it is though? A week till football, baby. It's the final countdown. Da-da.
2: Right, oh, well, not going to jump in? No, no. The one thing that either you should not do is sing. So when not suspended, follow Murph on Twitter at one Murph Blue.
1: And Tino, what's going on, brother? How are you today? I'm doing all right. My singing just got insulted by you. But other than that, things are pretty good. Well, it, look, if you were good at something I would uh, I would commend you for it Todd, uh, you've never commended me for anything So I'll just assume that I'm not good at many things No, that's not true Look, you're a very good looking guy, alright I will give you credit for that So Now you're just trying to hype me up
2: <laughs> Alright, so we're going to switch gears For this episode We are going away from Giants football Just for a little bit Just to bring you our passion Of fantasy football And before we go on Please follow Tino on Twitter at Tino Rodriguez, double underscore at the end. Follow us on Twitter at clapback underscore sports, both on Twitter and Instagram. All right. So as mentioned, we are going to go away from football for a little bit to bring you some of our passion, which is fantasy football. So this is going to be a fantasy episode. We're going to go position by position on the offense. Give you one player that we think will boom. Give you one player that we think might bust.
1: So, Tino, why don't you kick it off? Well, we'll start with the quarterbacks. And this is something that uh, is going to be a real shocker to everyone, especially because we're Giants-based. Although we love all New York sports – I don't love Sam Darnold as much as I love uh, Danny Dimes. And he's going to be my boom candidate for this season for obvious reasons. Uh, He didn't play a full season last year. Let's just start with that. He didn't play a full year. So we don't even know what his full season potential would be. And we can go through logistics of what it could be. But with his running capability alone, if he could cut down his turnovers on fumbles, forget it. I
2: assume you're talking about Daniel Jones. I said Danny
1: Dimes. Daniel Jones. Yeah, but
2: then you also mentioned Sam Darnold, so I just want to be clear who we're talking about. I said
1: I don't like Sam Darnold as much as I like Daniel Jones. All right, stop yelling at me. This is the most soothing yell I've ever heard in my life, Mage. Don't be so sensitive. So anyways, I don't think Sam Darnold is going to boom. I'm not talking about the Jets in any fantasy capacity. I've already attempted to do it. It's failed miserably, okay? Daniel Jones is my guy for obvious reasons that we talk about on the show almost weekly but if you have any hesitation on him at his current ADP and redraft it's an absolute steal he's probably your QB2 in 10 man or 12 man just because unless you have a giant fan in your draft people are kind of overlooking him and in dynasty he was a first round pick the year before he's in a second year now in an offense that is very clearly geared towards him uh Look at the tape, look at Giants Twitter on some of the scrimmage footage. The guy's doing it all right now. He's finding Barkley out in the backfield. Obviously another positive sign for Daniel Jones. His floor is that he's going to dump the ball to Saquon and let him do the rest. So guys, I know you have plenty to say about Danny Dimes, but I feel like that was a walk-off easy one for uh, the first overall boom for me. You know, I'm all aboard that Danny Dimes train, baby. Uh, totally, totally
0: agree with the bust. Um, but as far as Danny Dimes, dude, I think he's going to take off this year, dude. Uh, between Saquon, the new O-line, and hopefully, hopefully the wide receiver core can stay healthy. Um, Danny can only go up from here. I mean,
1: as long as he gets that fumbling thing taken care of, I think he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. And I also just- want to clarify, Sam Darnold is in my bust, and I'll get to my bust now. But I also don't think he's going to do very good this year. So if you want to take that as an extra bust, that's a free little tidbit for all you guys out there listening.
0: I think a lot of this boom-bust talk is more uh,
1: overproducing and underproducing from what we're looking at. Uh, Let me uh, hop in here and talk about my bust real quick on Dak Prescott, because the near $40 million man is someone that I feel obviously is not worth that money. I think most of us think that's a move that Dallas might not come out the right end on. Uh, Obviously, they're trying to avoid it. They're franchise tagging him as long as possible, but... In terms of that offense, yes, they have Cooper and they have C.D. Lamb and Blake Jarwin's this guy that everyone loves now at tight end. But there are a lot of unanswered questions for me. I know they have a new head coach in Mike McCarthy. Yes, you still have the same OC there. But for me, with Zeke still in the backfield, a lot of that fantasy precedent for Dak relies on his legs. And I can't assure that's going to happen again this year. I feel like most of it's going to have to be done with his arm and those rushing yards are going to be taken up by Zeke. Look at that uh, Packer-style offense.
0: I totally disagree, man. I think uh, he's going to sling the rock the entire year. Uh, I'm not saying yeah, he deserves that $40 million that he's holding out for, but I think that with the weapons
1: he has, um, I mean, shit, his fourth option, Blake Jarwin, I think can easily play. So, But that's my point. He's going to sling the rock this year. That's not how Dak got to top in fantasy last year, by slinging the rock.
0: Oh, well, yeah, from his Dax, rushing attempts, depending like, on the league. those
1: rushing attempts go, and I'm sure you guys are going to have boom and bust guys that are contingent on rushing yards, that's another perk to why Danny Jones is a boom candidate, you know? So, for me, I just think Dak's rushing might be down this year, and he's definitely not going to be able to finish as number one in fantasy. That he, let's put it this way. He's a bust for me because he's being taken at, like, QB3 right now. I'm not you know, you be- know,
2: I have to stop you on that comment about Dak Prescott. Even being a Giants fan, because I really like Dak Prescott as a fantasy quarterback, you said that he basically did it on his legs last year, right? So he had 277 yards rushing last year with three touchdowns. He was second in the league in passing yards with 4,902 yards, only second to a backup quarterback this year in Jameis Winston. That was more than anybody else aside from Jameis,
1: 4,902 yards. But what was that? Contingent and he got those off.
2: weapons this year.
1: What was that contingent off of? The Dallas Cowboys sucking ass and not being able to stop anyone in a perfect world. The Dallas Cowboys are going to run that offense through Zeke and you know it. The real way the Dallas Cowboys Zeke will be- also
2: had over 300 touches last year. I, I don't see how that's going to be any different. Zeke was only one of two running backs that touch a ball, carried the ball, not touches, carried the ball more than 300 times. It was him and Derek Henry.
1: So even if he touches the ball again, 300 times this year, I don't see how that changes much for Dak. I'm sorry. Dak is not finishing top three. That could be my waterboard bet. You can just waterboard me when he doesn't finish top three. And let me tell you this. The only perk to Dak Prescott's game as a fantasy player is that he does not turn the ball over. If I got to give Dak a compliment, that's what keeps him as a reliable starter. Other than that, he doesn't wow me. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't lose you points. That's great and all. I just don't buy into the hype of the Dallas Cowboys. I see past that bullshit. I just don't think... He is the player that everyone kind of makes him out to be. Again, he's demanding that amount of money that kind of speaks to who he thinks he is, and I just don't think he's that. I would rather Deshaun Watson, who's fallen about three quarterback spots below him, two or three below him, over Dak Prescott.
0: This is what it's all about, boys, disagreeing and talking shit.
2: So I will respect him as your bust. I'm somebody that thinks that Dak is definitely disrespected. But move on. I will give you my boom candidate for this year. So he's going to look a lot more favorable in redraft leagues than in Dynasty. But one guy that you could definitely get late in the fantasy drafts is Gardner Minshew. And I really like him a lot this year. He played in 14 games last year. He um, only passed for 3,200 yards, but his touchdown and interception ratio was Unbelievable. It was almost one to four. So he had 21 touchdowns with six interceptions. And you talked about Dak Prescott. This is another guy that can do it with his legs. He had 344 rushing yards last year. So he finished 21st in terms of fantasy points per game. So I really like uh, Gardner Minshew this year. And especially now with everything that they're going on, I mean, you know, no Leonard Fournette. Aside from DJ Chark, I don't really believe in any of those uh, wide receivers there in Jacksonville. They just traded Ronnie Harrison today. If they're going to be playing from behind, they're going to be slinging this ball all over the place. I'm loving Gardner Minshew even more after all these moves. Again, great redraft quarterback. I still like him for dynasty. I know that some of you will disagree, especially you, Tino. But... um, I think if Jacksonville does end up with the first overall pick next year, I know a lot of people are going to say that they're drafting Trevor Lawrence, and he's such a great college talent. It's kind of hard to not see them taking him. But, man, this team has so many holes to fill. They could literally get a ransom from somebody for Trevor
0: Lawrence. I agree, man. I think uh, in Jay Gruden's offense, you're always going to have a a lot of passing attempts. Um, And then on top of that, with the defense being kind of – gutted lately with trades and obviously it they're in pretty much full tank mode ah uh, from a dynasty standpoint I'm kind of hesitant man I mean I I totally agree with your point they shouldn't draft Trevor Lawrence at first if they have that opportunity if because I mean I think you're going to learn a lot about Minshew this year they're going to be down in the dumps they're going to be losing and you're going to really learn a lot about Minshew as a quarterback as far as you know what kind of weight he can put on his shoulders. So I'm with him in the long run. Um, I wouldn't draft another quarterback because it seems like you definitely have a viable option. Uh, but redraft, definitely taking him standard, taking him dynasty.
1: I might be trading him right now, man. All right. And you called my name out. You name dropped me, Mage. I'm going to hop in. It's not that I don't dig Gardner Minshew's mustache. I fucking love his swag. I'm just saying they're going to be the worst team in football. Probably. At least top two. And I just think with the way things look with Trevor and Justin Fields sitting there, maybe if they had two, I can see them trading out because I'm not the biggest believer in Justin Fields. But if they're sitting there at one, I understand that if Minchu shows them enough, sure, there's a chance they could trade it out. I just don't see how that's likely. We saw it this year, even with Tua. People were throwing dirt on Tua's name. He, even with the injuries, they're like, the Dolphins got to wait, or they got to trade, or someone's got And you still got to take the talent. I think Trevor's talent is unmatched, man. I, I think he's head above heels, the most winning person, the winning franchise caliber person in the draft coming out. I, him and Justin Fields. The guys are proven winners in college, and I think a losing organization like the Jags are going to need someone like that. Last quarterback they took was Blake Bortles, and that. So, if
0: Trevor Lawrence isn't there, you're saying they keep Minshew?
1: Yeah, I, I don't like Justin Fields that much. I don't like Ohio State quarterbacks. That's kind of like feels a- like
0: you're not giving uh, Minshew such a fair share. You're only basically saying if you'll take you- the number one guy.
1: If you have one one and you have Trevor Lawrence sitting there, I've watched Trevor Lawrence. Even Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a beast too. But I've seen these guys since high school. No, I agree. Like I- 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 he He's a- the
0: real deal. But you
1: him. have gotta trade that shit. Oh
2: no! See, see, here's that team team is gutted, man. If you are building a franchise, you need multiple first round picks, right? And the Jacksonville Jaguars did that by trading Jalen Ramsey. Um, they only got that what was it? I think a second or a third for Yannick Ngakwe. But you have to do it by building your franchise with multiple first round picks. As good as Trevor Lawrence is, man, I mean. I don't think he's going to be the difference between this team being two and 14 to being 17 and Oh next year. And Trevor
1: Lawrence isn't going to do it. He's not going to do it by himself. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And I don't want to jump in right away, but I feel the opposite. And maybe that's why I'm on the other side of this automatically. I'm the opposite that I don't think multiple first round picks is automatically the answer to fixing everyone's problems. The Browns sucked at it forever. The giants didn't even do a great job at it. I, I For me, it's like the more picks you have, the more likely you are to take a chance on some guy that you might not exactly need to. All right, so so many holes. Like you have so many holes. So what? All these picks automatically mean.
2: So Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback
1: prospect since he look. He's better than Kyler. He's better than Baker, and both those guys. He's better than Jared Goff. All those guys went one one. All those guys. Finish the sentence for me. He's the best quarterback prospect since. I'm just saying he's the best 1-1 prospect in at least the last four or five years in terms of a quarterback, probably. Go ahead, Murph.
0: Is he the best since Andrew Luck?
2: Okay. So I, I, I would think that's, that's pretty five. fair to say, right? I mean, Andrew Luck coming out was a can't-miss quarterback prospect, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, right. Was
0: pros- he was the prospect. He was a goal And look prospect.
2: what Andrew and Luck and, did and do. And Everyone said the many, things
1: about the Colts. Because he's a fucking genius. <laughs> and how many AFC championships did they win with him? Yeah, but he came out the gates with two 10-win seasons. They didn't win those division crowns because he couldn't play football long enough. But, to, you know, but, that's, my, but that's my whole question, Tino. If you have just a quarterback, that offensive line is
2: horrible. They have there's no defense, and they have no talent on the offensive side of the ball
1: aside from DJ Jark. That's fair. If they were a competent organization like the Colts, because even though they took Andrew Luck, they've had one actual terrible season. And after that, they've managed to piece together. But they failed to block form. But you have enough faith in the Jaguars over taking a guarantee 1-1 and having them trade back and actually make picks. They're terrible. They traded Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. You want to talk about value? You trust them to get good value out of 1-1 when they traded Calais Campbell to the Ravens for a fifth. Well, I mean, come
2: on. It- if That regime this year is a sit and duck. I don't think they're back next year.
0: So let us let me ask you this. What if Minshew has a shitty year and uh, they have the second pick?
2: Oh, Minshew's gone then. Yeah. It, 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 this is a year for but Minshew. But then what do you do?
0: Tino's saying no Justin Fields at two. But if Justin Fields is looking Minshew?
1: better than how Gardner Minshew looks, then I think you might have to take Justin Fields. So true. you're really
0: going to give up on Minshew after one year? One bad year.
1: Or they can trade. I mean, he was Josh fucking Rosen. solid last year, dude. Do you think he was spectacular enough that a bad full season could spare him? Like, do you think this That's fair. like Danny Dimes, That's like Danny fair. Dimes had like a you know wow rookie season? If this year yeah. sucked for him, obviously we're homers, you probably stick with him. And they're invested with the pick.
0: And it comes with the state of the franchise, and you're right, they're fucking gutted. So I mean, honestly, you can go so many ways with that, but um Mage. You done? Yeah, so,
2: Yeah, I'm done on entry So I, I, now I'm going to get yelled at by Tino again for this. So my bust this year is going to be Lamar Jackson. And look, when I say bust, I'm not saying ah, Lamar Jackson's going to finish as the 20th best quarterback. In He's not. My expectation or everybody's expectation for Lamar Jackson being that he is the second quarterback – and sometimes first quarterback taken, depending upon the scoring in your league. I don't think he finishes as a top five quarterback this year. Uh, I just don't see it happening. His efficiency was through the roof last year. And Lamar Jackson had 1,206 yards rushing, which is absolutely insane. Lamar Jackson finished as the fantasy, overall fantasy quarterback QB1 last year. With 463 points However He was the Quarterback 22 In terms of passing So this is a quarterback that was completely Reliant on efficiency Completely reliant on his rushing yards And he also had seven rushing touchdowns The reason why I don't think he finishes that way Is for a few reasons I keep repeating myself But anyway One There's already film on what they did last year. So if they know how they want to operate and they're going to take away that efficiency over the middle with those tight ends, you'll see more, more probably man coverage on those tight ends take away Lamar Jackson's safety valve. And I've also heard multiple defenses this year say, you know what? That's fine. Let Lamar Jackson run. If he's out in the open field, he's fair game. They're going to look to hurt Lamar Jackson this year. Now, granted, I will say this, I give uh, shout out to our boy, Mr. Chris, again. Lamar Jackson is like fucking Gumby out there, dude. That guy doesn't take hits. So good luck catching him if he can, but I just don't see a repeat performance last year. I don't see him finishing as a top five fantasy quarterback this year.
0: Well, I'll go because I agree with Mesh. I know Tino doesn't agree with Mesh. Uh, the, the rushing attempts are going to go down every year, the yards per attempt or yards per year, are going to go down as well. Uh, Why – you can't keep running your quarterback like that, your franchise guy two years in. One of those Gumby hits eventually is going to be a not a Gumby hit, and you're going to be fucked with RG3 as your starter. So, you know, I think we're going to slowly see the athlete of Lamar certainly turn into more of a quarterback of Lamar. But that doesn't mean he can't do it with his feet.
2: He's just not going to be – not to cut you off either, Murph, but they also drafted J.K. Dobbins this year. Fuck goes, you, man. And that goes along with Mark Ingram. You He'll didn't be- allow
0: me to get to that, bitch. All right, well, I'll let you finish. No, oh, you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, I
2: mean if they had the number one rushing offense last year with Mark Ingram. And then they, you they add don't J.K. need Dobbins it. to that. They don't I mean, need it. They don't need it. You add JK Dobbins to finish your point. You add J.K. Dobbins so you can run your quarterback less. Yep.
0: That's exactly what it is. I totally agree with you. And you know ingram's on his way out and they got that rookie piece they're gonna use ingram they're gonna use him they're gonna take those hits off lamar and they're gonna go to fucking mark ingram
1: tino was holding his head it's either either pain or disbelief i'm not sure yet. no billy hamilton got thrown out at third base and broke the cardinal sin in baseball you don't make the first or third out at third base so i'm sorry it's just baffling that the mets can't do basic things right Here's my defense to Lamar Jackson, and it's because it's literally he's the opposite player that you're saying Dak is. Dak has the passing numbers. That's why you feel confident in, in him this year. Lamar had the rushing numbers, not the passing numbers. You don't feel as confident in him. Here's what I do feel confident in. The Ravens are going to beat the shit out of football teams this year. I can guarantee it. Their defense is way too good, and they're going to play from ahead. Now, does that mean they're going to run the ball with those running backs more? Probably, Okay. His numbers will take a decline, but I'm also on the belief that you never draft a quarterback within those early rounds of a redraft fantasy league. Anyways, we talk about it on this show. I've been on the record saying you don't find Lamar Jackson by trying to draft Lamar Jackson. You got to find him later. Mahomes, all those guys in redraft dynasty, you find them later. Um, but in regards to Lamar, dude, the tape doesn't really matter all that much for me. Uh, yes. Teams know how to prepare for him, but they said the same thing after his rookie year. Well, you know, you got a glimpse, you got a glimpse, you got a glimpse. Can he win the playoffs? Probably not. If you said, is Lamar a winning franchise quarterback? I'd probably say you have a point because he hasn't proven it in the playoffs. But in terms of regular season, bro, up until midway through last year, the only team that had beat him was the Kansas City Chiefs twice. I mean, he's a baller. And for someone who's been disrespected, Lamar has been disrespected since he came out the league. He won the Heisman, and people said he should play receiver. I like what Murph said. He's probably going to turn into more of a quarterback this year. Maybe he tries to be more efficient. But when your best receiver is Hollywood Brown, you still have to go big play potential. And you got to look for Mark Andrews in the end zone there because I think him and Lamar have a connection that uh, you look for between a quarterback and a tight end.
2: Hollywood Brown's going off. See, I don't see that either. Again, this is – Lamar
1: Jackson, the guy that averaged just over 200 yards passing per game last year. How are you going to say Hollywood Brown isn't going to go off, but all the running backs are going to? If the running backs eat, the the person who's going to eat the most is Hollywood Brown. Okay, if Lamar is not going to do anything because you're on him in the run game, right, and you're going to give the ball to running backs, this is tape. This is football. Play action, deception. If you're not going to use deception through read option and get Lamar hurt, You're going to use RPO deception and get your best receiver the ball, who Hollywood Brown, by the way, put on weight this year, and he's getting bigger. Lamar is a string bean. Hollywood was just as much of a string bean, if not more, and he's gaining weight to get better at that. For me, here's my thing, and, and I'm kind of, I guess, a little
2: cautious when it comes to this. I want to see it first before I believe in it. So Lamar Jackson only had 401 pass attempts last year, which was 26th in the league. They just don't throw the ball all that often. And Hollywood, um, it's not a matter of his ability. It's it's whether or not it can be done. So I think Hollywood is another one that has to be efficient to be able to score. He's not going to be a threat
1: in uh, PPR leagues. Hollywood Brown gives off John Brown vibes. I get that. But Hollywood's going to be the one there. So we do have to keep going, though. We do have to keep going. So let's yeah, move y'all on, you
0: going to give me mine? I'm going to go with my boom first because I think we're going to all agree. Um, Kyler. I think Kyler is definitely going to re- repeat his performance of last year and probably even throw the ball even more than he did last year. Kind of like Lamar, it's, it's similar, man. He's got those feet that he can take off with, um, but he doesn't – honestly, like, that's why I love Kyler is he doesn't even use his feet as much as he need, he can. Um, you know, I honestly was super down on him last year coming into the league. I thought that his frame wasn't going to hold up. I thought that he was going to be way too inclined – more inclined to run the ball. Um, but he only rushed the ball 90, 93 times last year. Um, so it's nice to have that weapon in his back pocket, but, man – Cliff Kingsbury is going to air that ball out and the addition of DeAndre Hopkins only
1: makes it that much better. So I I have a, I got a big year for Kyler this year. Murph, I'm right there with you. Uh, We talked about that also on the show. uh, When I think it was the Cardinals episode, really just about what are we expecting to see from them? Well, I'm expecting big things because of just what the package, what they're selling, you know, D hop, this high powered Texas tech like offense. You have Kyler there. Number one pick, you'd think Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to utilize him as much as possible. And I think the best way to do it, maybe have him run a little bit more. He didn't do that so much last year, but they're definitely going to air it out. They wouldn't get D hop if they're not going to do that.
0: And then, uh, so my bus is going to get – it might get a little hate because he's got a lot, a pretty big following out there. I don't know. People have kind of fallen off him the last couple of years. But my bus is going to be AR, man. Uh, we slowly have seen that that team – turn into a ground and pound football team. Uh, They shocked the world, took Jordan Love in this draft, which I'll touch on here in a little bit. Um, They drafted another running back to pair with Aaron Jones. So uh, we've seen that LaFleur likes to uh, ground and pound, kind of like the old school football way. So for me, I don't know. I'm giving AR a little bit too much shit for what it is. The man does finish games, so I got to give him that. The injuries – haven't been great to him, but he really hasn't missed that many games. But I just – I watch a lot of Packers football. My girlfriend's a Packers fan, man, and I just don't see that old sparkling shiny toy that Aaron Rodgers once was. And um, I think the Packers are going to eventually maybe regret that contract that they were kind of forced to give. Um, Don't blame them, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is kind of more of my guy who is definitely on the decline
2: not necessarily a bust. Well, I agree with you. And I think it's mostly because of the injuries, though. So, And not only that, too, you mentioned that they drafted uh, Jordan Love. They didn't draft any wide receivers. They didn't give him any help. They took A.J. Dillon. So, I I mean, I'm a big believer in Alan Lazard this year. Um, I saw him play when he came in last year. And I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be a monster opposite Devontae Adams. But you talk about injuries, Devontae Adams hasn't really been able to stay on the field either. So I think you got to take that into account when you think about the decline or the decline in play with Aaron Rodgers. So,
1: Yeah, just to note on what uh, Murph said, I know what you mean about the shining toy thing. Like, I know what you mean. So my thing was Aaron Rodgers was my favorite quarterback to watch in the league for a while because he was essentially doing things other quarterbacks didn't do. He had that must magic to him. He's hopping around, side-arming, hopping, Hail Mary's, doing it all, and it's just worn off for whatever reason. Maybe postseason, Rodgers is still there, but... It's like he passed it off to Mahomes. Mahomes like, took his swag. But seriously, because it was like Rodgers was the only one doing it, and now Mahomes is... I think once the no-look pass happened, it <laughs> that was the changing of the guard. So yeah, it's just crazy to me that it's not the same quarterback, even though he's out there and that's him. It, the lust is kind of wearing out, at least in Green Bay.
0: I got this hot take that I've been dying on, and I think I've told it to Maj a little bit. Um, but if the Packers can somehow get out of this contract, if AR goes down this season and happens to miss some time, man, it's Jul- Jordan Love's season all the way, and there's no turning back on it.
2: Yeah, but why don't you
0: go ahead and finish your hot take by telling them where Aaron Rodgers is playing next year? Uh, That's more of Chris's hot take, but maybe the Niners. Which
2: he's from the Bay Area. Um, You know, if the 49ers actually have a Super Bowl contender next year, I can definitely see that happening. So let's transition over to the running back position. I will start with my boom. Zeke Oh, you would think Well, that's pretty easy, Mage I mean, a lot of people think Zeke's going to be good Well, not really And a lot of people are fading him I am seeing, I mean, rookie running backs go ahead of Zeke This used to be a no-brainer In who the first three picks would be In Dynasty and most redrafts So Right now, you can either say that Christian McCaffrey is 1A and Saquon Barkley is 1B or vice versa. It doesn't really matter. I don't think you can argue that either way. But I just recently finished up a draft in which I took Zeke eighth. I mean, that's ridiculous to me. And the idea that Tony Pollard is going to play into some sort of role here, I just don't see it. Zeke has been a 300 touch guy, he's going to continue to get the ball that offense is going to move through Zeke. Well, Mays, I mean, come on, Mike McCarthy, right? He hates his running backs. Yeah, you know who doesn't? Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is paying him $20 fucking million. I guarantee you, they're going to have another sleepover if fucking Zeke doesn't get that football, and he's going to say, hey, Mike, listen to me. I'm paying Zeke $20 million. You better fucking use my Ferrari. That's like parking that Bugatti in the trailer park meme that we've been seeing. I'm not buying it. Zeke is still a top three running back for me. Continue to fade him. Continue to trade him if you want. Hey, I got Zeke dirt cheap. I traded Zeke for I forget what it was. J.K. Dobbins and I think Jalen Rager. I'll take it. I mean, I just
1: don't see it. I'm not understanding the fade. I mean, what about you guys? So, I mean, I like Zeke. Uh, What's there not to like about Zeke? So, I've had the fourth overall pick in a redraft and a dynasty this year. And by popular demand, I had to take Zeke. Uh, he fell the one spot to me. Obviously, it's not a drastic fall, but I have seen him fall deep, like you're saying. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I haven't let him fall past four because I feel like at that point, it'd be the steal. Even when he had issues last year and he was going to miss games, he was going to hold out, I still took him late in the first and got extreme value out of him because he's just that fantasy piece, man. That Dallas Cowboy running back thing, it, it's a real thing. He's always going to have value on the ground, and his he's just dynamic in the passing game. He has been since he was in college, and yeah, I mean, Zeke solidified. He's a top three fantasy back in, you know, year in, year out.
0: Best running back in the NFL, man. I, I don't really have much more to say on that. I don't know why anybody would be fading him. I understand the McCarthy thing, but like like Mesh said, Jerry Jones isn't giving McCarthy – well, actually, well, Jerry Jones isn't having a sleepover with McCarthy if, if he's not going to get Zeke involved in his offense. I mean, Zeke's going to get a bunch of checkdowns, first of all, but I think Zeke is also going to be involved in the passing game. But, I mean, you're not going to see – you're going to see a, some of the same old McCarthy, but you're going to see a little bit of a running game that is part of McCarthy's offense. I mean, Kellen Moore's still going to be calling the, the plays, so – um I don't know why anyone be fading Zeke. I wouldn't be letting Zeke get past three or four, honestly, in any format. Um, Zeke's my my dude. I don't care. I'm a Giants fan.
2: Zeke and Saquon are the two best running backs in the NFL, no doubt. So Zeke is the one player I'm buying. So the player that I am fading, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I really, really don't give a shit. I am fading Miles Sanders. And the reason for that too is, I think his ADP has just gotten out of control. I think that it's way too high right now, and this is a guy that's already injured.
0: Have like, you seen anyone draft Miles Sanders over Zeke? I'm genuinely, I'm curious because I would have to done a lot of drafts.
2: I would have to double check, but that was the one thing I thought of, and I was going to actually lead with that one player that's being drafted ahead of Zeke. And it might have happened at one or two leagues, but not, not many, though. And, and here's my thing, too, right? I don't think that Miles Sanders is going to be the workhorse. I don't think he's going to be a bell cow. I don't think he's going to be the only back in that, on that roster that's going to touch the football. One guy that I'm really buying late that I think is going to have really good value is Boston Scott, man. I saw this guy against the fucking New York Giants. This guy is a spark plug. He reminds me of a younger Darren Sproles. He doesn't need a lot of touches to do a lot with the football. I mean, it, he's just hes just somebody that's there. He does, he, he does what he has to with the touches that he gets. I mean, I'm looking at last year's stats, and over the last five weeks, Miles Sanders was the running back nine. He finished with 15.9 fantasy points per game over the last three weeks. Let's see. Boston Scott was a running back 15 with 13.4. And Miles Sanders was the running back six with 18.6. So that's not a big gap there for me, especially over that last three week span. I mean, Santis was the running back 16 and Boston Scott was a running back 15. Man, I, I'm really liking Boston Scott a lot this year late in dynasty drafts, uh, even redraft if you have the bench space.
0: All right, I'm going with a little different approach here because uh, Andy Reid typically has – he's typically good at having running backs in his stables. Jay Ajahi, Garrett Blunt, Sproles, Scott. Clement, Sanders. Peterson rolls with the backs, man. He rolls full stable. I don't care what anyone says. Miles Sanders might be the lead back in that backfield, but you can bet your ass that Boston Scott is definitely touching the ball. Corey Clement might be involved in the passing game a little bit. I mean, dude, that's just what Peterson does, man. Uh, I, I'm fading Sanders big time. I'm not touching him till probably – dude. people are going to think I'm crazy, but, like – 13 through 15. I'm just not about it. There's other people I'd rather have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. Uh, I've seen Miles Sanders a few times. Uh, depending on the board, I tend to go with guys over him in the second round. I've seen him fall all the way to the third. It really depends on what your situation as a team is, but and kind of what your philosophy is. But the thing with me and the Eagles, like you said, with Boston Scott, is just it tends to be a running back by committee a lot. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hesitant on that. Uh, speaking of uh, running backs by committee, my boom and bust has one for both. However, I'm going to go with the second guy for my boom here, uh, someone I've talked about before. I really like Kareem Hunt this year, uh, former NFL rushing leader, obviously has had his issues with the law and smoking weed. But aside from that, actually, no. He also hit that girl the one time, but aside from those two things, he is a very good running back in the NFL. Last year, he played eight games, eight games. He still finished with more receptions and targets than he did the year before when he was on Casey as the primary back uh, in 11 games. He had 37 receptions on 44 targets, very efficient, uh, pretty much averaged the first down every other two receptions, which is pretty sick. And The craziest part out of all of it, yeah, his rushing numbers weren't great because Nick Chubb's going to take that. He only had three total touchdowns, one of them receiving. Uh, He had more rushing touchdowns than receiving touchdowns. I don't think you'll see that number consist this year. Again, it'll easily be the other way around, especially because they're looking to utilize him as a uh, wide receiver. Look, Kareem Hunt is a PPR darling for me. Uh, Seriously, he had two games last year. He missed half a season, came back and put up a 14-point fantasy game. Again, didn't have rushing numbers, didn't have touchdown numbers. He only had two games where he didn't have double-digit fantasy points in full PPR formats. Uh, I think concussions are a lingering problem in the NFL, at least with players, especially with running backs. Chubb is showing early signs of that in training camp. If that continues to linger, Hunt's going to be a RB1. If it doesn't linger, I think he has standalone RB3, even RB2 value because of just the sure-handedness of him putting up dub- uh, double-digit points.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I like uh, Kareem Hunt, although I think that Nick Chubb is also being undersold too. I know we've talked about it here, but Nick Chubb's advanced stats in terms of yards after contact and um, just his ability to break tackles I think is highly underrated. Um, I do own Nick Chubb in a few leagues, so for that, I hope that Hunt does ball, ball out and get traded so he can finally get the fuck out of Nick Chubb's hair, but I do have Kareem Hunt in a few leagues as well. I like him a little bit later. I I think he's going to be somewhere
1: between between that 12 and 15-point range in PPR leagues. You like Stefanski, though, at least as a running back-type coordinator. So, again, if that concussion does linger, I mean, to my point, Hunt does have that upside. I mean, out of all handcuffs that are probably out there, he has the highest upside to turn from a 12, 15-point player to the guy could put up 20 to 25 points in a given week. Because he's going to take in what Chubb isn't putting out anymore yeah
0: I'm not too big on Chubb, man, or I mean uh hunt, I just the Chubb part scares me, but I could see him getting some receptions, so from a dynasty standpoint, I would definitely buy him, um but i'm not I don't think I'm touching him in redraft or, or standard or anything like that. I mean, he's a good stash, I guess, if Chubb goes down, but Stefanski's gonna ride that horse, man, I mean, Chubb's probably going to be top three in rushing in my opinion. But I don't know. My buddy Dynasty Dick's a big Browns fan. He keeps telling me they, they are going to probably run him in the slot and stuff. I mean, I just don't see that. But I definitely, if you can draw it up and you can get him involved, you've you, you got to because he's a playmaker. But the
1: last team I, I saw do this, Murph, sorry to cut you off, but the last team I saw do this to a running back, it was Duke Johnson on the Cleveland Browns, and he was a fantasy PPR stud. Granted, they were terrible and had no structure, and he was the only good player on the team. I had seen Duke Johnson find success on the Browns doing that. I'm not saying Kareem Hunt is going to be primarily a slot receiver, but to be honest, it's Jarvis and Odell. I mean, Austin Hooper there, but who else other than Nick Chubb do they have? Does that team have? I feel like, you know, to your point, Chubb's a beast. Yeah, he can easily finish a top three rusher. But like I said, Hunt put up double digit fantasy games in almost all but two, and he literally had like over 100 yards rushing, and that's it. I just think a guy, 179-yard rushing in eight games, a guy who can do that, if his volume increases even the slightest, I just think he's going to turn into a flex stud for you that you could plug in every week.
0: I definitely like him in Dynasty just because if, if Chubb goes down or they do get him involved, um, they're going to... <laughs> They're going to Murph. What happened? Why are you laughing? He's fucking going crazy on the, the Mets. The Yankees did a
1: walk off on the Yankees. That's oh, why, that's why my phone was breaking up. run bomb, baby. Let's go after JD tied it in the bottom of the ninth on a fucking dead center cock shot. I love it. Whatever, man. I love it. Nah, no, no, but if goes with the
0: walk off, huh? Yeah, he needed that one. We did not need that
1: deflation. Who, who was pitching? I didn't see. Chapman blew it in the ninth. I didn't see. No, nah, Chapman suspended. No, Chapman was pitching in the ninth. The fuck?
0: Yeah, he blew Oh, it. oh you, can you pitch if you're appealing? Peel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Anyways, uh, Chubb. I mean, if Chubb goes
1: down, Kareem Huntskin for a big payday. Rolling on my excitement. I know I fucked you up, yeah. but now I'm going. Me and Major going. Jesus. The Mets fucking are finally home against the Yankees. Finally, we had to play fucking six games in the Bronx. Six games. Anyways, James Conner, bust. Why? The guy doesn't play 16 games. Best of it. uh, Best. What is it, Mage? Availability is the best ability. Whatever the fuck the saying is. Yes, sir. Sure. We'll go with that. 16 games. He's never done it. He's never eclipsed a 1,000 yards rushing. And he's a primary back there. I think Pittsburgh will love to run the ball with a bunch of guys there. Jalen Samuel is a PPR guy. Benny Snell Jr. was a rookie last year. They're looking at him as the RB2 for sure. Connor is just so plagued. He's never done 16. I don't want to wait and see it. I think the Steelers could even have a better year. I think they have a great offensive line. I just don't trust Connor to play all 16 games. And where you're taking him as your RB2, I just don't trust it.
2: So where are you, who are you buying behind James Connor? I know a lot of people in dynasty leagues are high
1: on Anthony McFarlane. So for redraft, I'm going to lean towards, as of right now, Benny Snell Jr. I think Jalen Samuels is on his last last leg there. Uh, Anthony McFarlane will probably slide into that RB3. Uh, Again, that doesn't mean you should avoid taking him at all costs. If you have James Conner and you can't get one and you get the other, I'd definitely do that because if Conner goes down, it could very uh, very easily turn into a one-of-the-other situation. Uh, Benny Snell, I think, will get the first goes because – he was a project from last year, and I think they haven't, you know, decommitted from that. I heard he's having a really good training camp. Uh, but Anthony McFarlane Jr. is a very capable, explosive back, at least in the passing game. So he might take over that Jalen Samuel role. And Jalen Samuel's, in his own right, had a very good fantasy productive season when he did get reps. So I think he's kind of on his way out, and I think Anthony McFarlane could slide into that role. I take the flag if you have Connor in Dynasty or in general, just because you could probably get him. Later, but for redraft, I would probably go Benny Snell Jr. Murph, who is some of your booms and your bust?
0: Uh, booming got Josh Jacobs, man. Uh, I think they're gonna ride him from the start. He got hurt last year, missed two, two or three games, can't remember. But he, uh, he finished eleventh in the in the league in rushing care as far as carries go. Um, I'm hoping he's gonna get back up into that five range. Jacob, I'm buying Josh uh, Jacobs really. high Boomin. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, not buying him at all, dude. Uh, how how is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to wear down defenses in the second half when Mahomes puts up two touchdowns and 200 yards in the first and they're leading by three TDs? Um, I'm not buying all that hype on him. People have him going top seven, top. I've seen him go top five, even from a dynasty standpoint. I, Mage knows I'm not big on rookies, so. Um, but even at seven, dude, that's way too high for me. You know, I'm fading him probably to the twelve, thirteen range, maybe there. Um, I know he's never going to make it there, but from my my perspective, that's kind of where I have him sitting at. I just, they're such a pass happy offense; they're going to be dominating in games, in my opinion. Again, uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be real fucking good with Mahomes, so I'm just not buying it, man. You know, somebody's going to have to wear those defenses down in the second half to close those games out. Um, and he'll get his fair share in the second half, but they're going to need someone on the ground pounding that ball, pounding that rock. They have a good O-line to do it, too. So,
2: so I understand fading Clyde edwards Hilaire. I was kind of with you in the beginning, but I'm just not – seeing it now. And I think it's mainly because of opportunity. So they're going to ride out with Darrell Williams. I think there's going to, there's going to be a split there. So what you're talking about in terms of grinding up down the defense, I think that'll fall to Darrell, but I think he's going to see a lot of opportunities in a pass game as well. I think he's going to put up similar numbers to what Kareem Hunt did. So, um, but I certainly get it, though, and this is a running back that's going five in some redraft leagues, dynasty leagues. He's even going higher because of uh, Damian Williams opting out. Well, you're
0: saying he's going five and stuff, and then you have people fading Zeke. I mean, I just – no way, man. No way. He's just not a bell cow to me. I think he's going to be an excellent PPR running back, kind of like a Tariq Cohen, but better. Um, well, people forget that. He's only five foot seven. No, well that's the thing. Like he's a scat pack and he's gonna get his volume, but again, they're gonna need some some ground and pound. And again, back to Andy Reid, dude. That's what he does. You know, I know he had his Brian Westbrook, but he still always has had some running game. Um so
2: from from PPR standpoint, I I do like him, but I'm not drafting him top seven. All right, Murph, let's stay here for a second. And Give us your boom wide receiver.
0: Going with Judy, man. Um, I think uh, Drew Locke's going to have some growing pains, but I also think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, Pat Shermer is there with his his homeboy friend, uh, Shula, our old buddies. But, uh, you know, as much as we shit on Shermer, I I still think he was a good offensive coordinator in Minnesota, so maybe he can get back to that. So I think uh, I like Judy. And uh, I like that whole offense. Honestly, you know, I, when we were talking, I was going to pick both him and Sutton, but I'm I'm going with Judy. You know, the the injury to to Hamler is huge because that moves Judy into the slot. They're saying Tim Patrick's going to start on the outside. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some other guys that are going to get some reps out there, but from a volume standpoint, I'm getting Judy all day. I actually uh, in my big money league, I turned Brandon Ayuk, or no, excuse me, I turned. Adam Thielen into Brandon Ayuk, and then eventually turned it into Judy. So um, I'm pretty happy with that.
2: See, in that system, I I agree with you. I think that Judy is going to be the one that I want to own most in Denver, especially in dynasty leagues, not so much in redraft. Uh, Redraft, he's going really late. I will say that. I mean, I'm getting Judy really late in drafts. I'm talking about double-digit rounds, 18, 20. So – um, but in Dynasty, I'd rather own him over Cortland Sutton, just because I think he's a better route runner. I think he's going to get more of the opportunities there as well. So, who is your bust uh, candidate, Murph? Oh
0: Stephon Diggs, man. I know people are going to really fucking hate that one. But uh, uh,
2: wait, wait, wait! You hear that? I think that's Johnny crying.
0: Uh, is that Bill's Mafia crying? Is he a Bill's Mafia fan now? He's a he's a Browns fan, Bucks fan, <laughs> Bills fan. Uh, no nah, Stephon Diggs, and it's not because he's bad. I'm just, I'm just fading him a little bit, man. I, I, I kind of liked what they had going with John Brown, and honestly, Cole Beasley. I know those guys are aging, and they got to replace him and stuff. Um, they gave up a lot for Diggs, so obviously they're going to get him involved. But you know, unless Josh, J- Josh Allen is going to fix that deep ball, um, and maybe Diggs is that that piece that fixes that. Um, I just I still like Cole Beasley and John Brown. I'd rather just like pass on Diggs and get those guys later. Um, and then there's always, there's Gabe Davis there too. So, and they've said he's had a pretty good camp. So I'm, I'm fading Diggs a little bit, not necessarily bust potential, but um, I'm not buying
1: high on him at all. That's fair. I do like Gabe Davis too. At least in dynasty, I had just taken him in the fifth round of my dynasty. Uh, I've heard nothing but really good things from him out of camp. I've heard he made, uh, several spectacular plays and he makes them look easy. So that's definitely someone for dynasty and he could have beaten into either uh Beasley or Diggs. So I guess we will see how that goes for Josh Allen. Uh, I'm going to go boom here first. And this is going to be a, I guess a boom for Mage's guy, his boom at quarterback, Arnie because I'm going to go DJ Chart, Uh Someone, a lot of people are forgetting about. I've saw, I've seen a lot of love for LaVisca Shenault recently because of Leonard Fournette being, traded away. I think he's going to be able to get some production now, sure, but if you're telling me who's going to benefit the most on a terrible team like the Jags, it's going to be DJ Chark. If he stays healthy, just put together a 1,000-yard season, I think his build at that level, he had 73 receptions last year, he had eight touchdowns. I mean, who else is going to score touchdowns there? Uh, I mean, we made the joke. They Their tight end situation, Josh Oliver and Tyler Eifert, I mean, come on. Uh, I'm not. I'm just not sold that anyone really outside of DJ Chark is someone you could really rely on, on this offense. And I think where he's being drafted, if you go running back, running back, running back, like Mage likes to do, you can probably end up getting Chark pretty deep and he could turn out to be a wide receiver one for you because like we talked about in that first segment, the Jags aren't going to be a very good team. And, uh, going to have to throw to someone and I think that's going to be Chark. I think he's the one to feed off at the most.
0: Agree and disagree. Um, I'm actually kind of buying up all Jags players, man, because I just like the volume. Like you were saying, they're going to be getting beat. So they're going to be on offense a lot. I like Chris Thompson. I I actually do. I think that, you know, that's a nice stash. I was looking to get him early. Um, but sneaky, I mean, obviously.
2: Let me just throw in a sneaky buy that's probably still on your waiver wire, even in dynasty leagues is D.D. Westbrook playing out of the slot this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like it all, dude. I like him. I like Conley. I like, uh, I like Eifert. They said Eifert was having a good camp. Um, So I'm just buying it from a volume standpoint there. The problem is we don't know what the future holds there from a dynasty standpoint. But um, I've actually been kind of trying to get a lot of jags lately. Uh, But if people are fading Shark, I'm definitely taking him. I mean, I don't really recall where he was going. I don't really have him on my my list usually. But um, I would definitely take him
1: in seventh, eighth round. Yeah, I got him actually around eighth round in a uh, dynasty startup. He's just someone I ended up getting kind of receiver heavy with it. And he was Good there. Life. Yeah, and I took him uh, best available. Look, he's really sure-handed, which is something you love in a receiver. And the most encouraging thing, even though it's kind of not encouraging, he averaged uh, at least five targets a game. He only had – he had no fewer than five targets a game other than the very first game of the year against KC, uh, which he caught all four of his passes, 446 yards and a touchdown. So – that was the lowest. So he sure-handed. He gets five targets a game about. And to end the season, he didn't even have 100, He didn't have a over a 100-yard receiving game in the final six weeks of the season, five, what, five weeks of the season. He barely finished over 1,000 yards. If he could put that together, I mean, he had a Pro Bowl season last year, and he didn't even finish strong. I'm just saying he was a 1,000-yard receiver, which was nearly top 25 in the league. If he puts together three competent games, because even before that, before those five, he had another span of four games that he didn't have over 100 yards. If he could put those 100-yard games together, finish with 1,200 yards receiving, I mean, the value you're going to get him at is sky high. But we'll stay at receiver for me, and this is going to be short and sweet. This is going to be real short and sweet. Fade A.J. Green. He's my bust. Don't take A.J. Green. I took him last year. Waited to see how the contract situation would go out. AJ Green has a hamstring uh, issue every other week. He, his legs are always hurt. He's brittle. He wants a contract. And do you know how many games and points he put up last, week, uh, last year? Zero. He put up zero points. People drafted him. They're drafting him in the same position this year. It's a, well, we're betting on the talent. We're betting on the talent. But fuck the talent. I take Tyler Boyd over AJ Green any day of the week. Do not take A.J. Green. He is the opposite of what he is. I know Burrow's there, but there are going to be a lot of other people who feed in that offense over A.J. Green. I just think he's too selfish of a player to really put it all together and have an A.J. Green caliber season this year.
2: Well, you know what? I am going with Kenny Galladay as my boom. I just think if Kenny Galladay can stay healthy, I know that he tends to get banged up a little bit. I think that this guy has real potential, especially in redraft, standard, and even non-PPR leagues just because of his size. This guy is, I mean, he's like a touchdown magnet. Last year, he only had 65 receptions. 65! With almost 1,200 yards receiving and 11 touchdowns. He finished third last year in fantasy points. Third. And that was with I don't even know who the fuck was throwing him the ball. Matthew Stafford got hurt last year. And Kenny Galladay still finished as the third wide receiver last year. I don't know why he's going later than he is, but there are still a lot of guys that are going ahead of Kenny Galladay. I just don't get it. I really like him a lot this year. I'm buying Kenny Galladay as my wide receiver one.
0: I agree, Mage. I hate agreeing with you all the time, but I'm buying high on Kenny Galladay, too. You were saying top three. I'm definitely saying top five. Um, I, in my big money league, I actually traded Cole Beasley a second and a first for him, but I needed a wide receiver one real bad. Um, for trade rape. Well, uh, this was back in like March or some shit, but, um, Nah, I don't. I disagree. I don't see that as trade rape. I see myself getting a top three wide receiver in
2: fantasy. So, um, no, I know. I'm. It, it was. It's ridiculous what you gave up to get Kenny Galladay. I mean, Cole Beasley a first and a second. I love it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You're, oh, you're saying I raped that? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. We, okay. Which
2: is which is common with you? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Correct. But yeah, no. Buying high on him, dude. They're gonna be pass happy until Matt Stafford's no longer in town. So. Um, dude, never Detroit Hashtag never Detroit Never
2: Detroit running backs Well, uh, yeah, well, the running back situation there is a- The only
0: player I will touch In fantasy from Detroit is Galladay And maybe sometimes Stafford
2: Real late Stafford's underrated as a quarterback But anyway, I, I got agree West. So my wide receiver bust Is going to be Amari Cooper Amari Cooper finished last year as the wide receiver as the wide receiver seven. And guess who finished not far behind him? Michael Gallup 19. So you're like, all right, well, that, that's a pretty far gap. Nah, not really. When you look at it in terms of fantasy points per game, right? Michael Gallup had 10 and a half points. Amari Cooper had 10 and a half points. Michael Gallup played in two less games than Amari Cooper, received six less targets, caught 10 less passes for 82 less yards and two less touchdowns. That's a two whole games less. I love Michael Gallup this year. I know that the uh, Cowboys just drafted C.D. Lamb, but I am fading Amari Cooper. They paid him a boatload of money. I think what they're going to do, I think whoever plays that slot is going to have a leg up on the competition. I think that's going to be C.D. Lamb. I think that they're going to use Gallup outside like they did last year, stretch the field. And I think they're going to look to move Amari Cooper next year and pay Dak Prescott. So the Dallas Cowboys, with the projected salary cap to go down, I think they're going to have to look for room and they're going to have to trim a little fat here. I don't like Amari Cooper this year. I am fading him. And I am buying Michael Gallup wherever I can.
1: We can shit on Amari Cooper's Boomer Bust uh, fantasy production. I just want to throw him a compliment and say he's a very good route runner. That's all I got. Amari Cooper's a good route runner. So.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take a, I take a whole different – I did, I did rep- my best. <laughs> no, I like it. Uh Mejnez. I like him. But I like Gallup too, man. I, I like him. I like – I've sounded like such a fucking Dallas homer on and this, I like CD Ward but I I'm buying and trying to trade for any of them right now honestly dude I, I you can call me a trader whatever you want being a Giants fan but I I like the potential of that offense and maybe I'm just buying that Dallas bullshit that they try to sell every year but I don't know it feels different this year they're fucking loaded and it's unfortunate but they have some good players, man. I'm, so, I'm buying Lamb. I'm buying Gallup. I'm buying Amari. Trying to trade all, for all three of them. Same with Zeke, obviously. And then, and I'm
1: not buying Dak. <laughs> oh, I'm buying him, too, man. And, and two quarterback for sure. And then... They could call Merc a Trader gonna, and call me fucking the Lord and Savior. Fuck the Cowboys. I, I do this, like, every that. year.
0: I don't know why I always buy into the Cowboys bullshit. It's just... I kind of feel like it's just because I always like their players from college football.
1: Mm.
2: Well, you have a Cowboys jersey hanging up in your closet, we saw. <laughs> no.
1: Wait, wasn't Murph a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader at one point in time? Wasn't he on like the, the – pre, pre, he, he tried out. Yeah. Pre-surgery. Well, that's good, man. That's awesome, though. I'm glad we could have a Dallas Cowboy contributor on this podcast. Uh, Yeast infections
2: kept him off the field quite a bit, though. Moving on to tight end, Maj. Who's your boom? My boom candidate at tight end and – Fuck you, Tino, because I know you said that you had him before me, but I know you're full of shit. So my boom cannon is Irv Smith, and you fucking stole him from me in one of our leagues, you cocksucker. So, oh, what, you have a rebuttal? Just tell me how you really feel. I did. Oh. I did. I, look, yeah, You knew Irv Smith Jr. first? I, I knew about Irv. I, yes.
1: I, I took him from you. Yes. I used to babysit Irv Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm Irv Smith Jr.'s dad, so I find you that very hard to with. That <laughs> 2020, anything could happen, man. Yeah,
2: that's true. You could be whatever you want to be. Yeah, exactly.
1: He's so, very uh, good, though. Go
2: ahead. Yeah, let's talk okay. about the
1: positives of Irv Smith Jr. All
2: right. I really like Irv Smith Jr. this year. I think Kyle Rudolph. I know he signed the extension, but again, it's, it's a contract that. The Minnesota Vikings can get out of very easily. So, I don't think that's tying the Minnesota Vikings to Kyle Rudolph at all. Also, too, I'm just not, I think Justin Jefferson is going to really boom in this offense. I really like Justin Jefferson a lot as one of the rookies. And he's somebody that you can get a little bit later that people are kind of fade in, be quiet about that, you know, keep that all a little secret. But anyway, One person I'm not buying is Adam Thielen. I just don't think Adam Thielen is a little bit older. I had this conversation yesterday with Fantasy Football, that little immature prick, whatever the fuck he is, but trying to get uh, multiple plays for me, and he didn't even realize it, but Jamison Crowder outscored Adam Thielen last year. I'm not buying Adam Thielen as a wide receiver one this year. I'm just not. I think he needs somebody opposite. Now, granted, Justin Jefferson can be that guy, but Justin Jefferson made his money in the slot as well. You can't have all these slot-wide receivers. So I think they'll both play outside, and I'm really liking the emergence of Er Smith Jr. as that tight end slash wide receiver three out of the slot, and he's going to be a red zone threat. Our boy Chris, Mr. Chris172, asked me, who did I think was going to be this year's Darren Waller? And my answer was
1: Irv Smith Jr. Yeah, no, uh, lately I've been hearing the whole B.C. Johnson, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver two and three debate, and the most funniest part is that it doesn't matter for either because I think, yeah, Justin Jefferson can be sneaky and have production and Thielen. I don't think the wide receivers the answer. I think we've talked about this offense on this show. They're going to run the ball regardless if it's Cook or Madison – and I think that two tight end set is going to really play into Air Smith Jr. He's going to go inside and kind of be a decoy while Rudolph is a blocking tight end or slide out to the slot. I really like him. I think he's sure-handed as well. That's the biggest thing, man. And in PPR leagues and whenever you're just evaluating talent, guy who drops the ball a lot is going to find reasons to take himself on the uh, off the field. You know, injuries aside, you want to find a guy that's going to keep himself on the field, make plays and be shorthanded. He's a guy I think you can trust to, uh, keep on your team. And when he has the opportunity, he's going to make the most of it. He's been rotten on my taxi
0: squad, man. And I'm, I'm ready to unleash him, but I'm, I need them to help me out, man. I I don't understand the Rudolph thing. I guess I do from a leadership perspective and whatever, but you know, they're going to be a ground and pound offense. So they probably are going to have a lot of two tight ends on the field. Like you guys said, they're a little limited at wide receiver. Um, I want Irv to break out. I think he can. Um, I've been dangling him around in trades and stuff, and people just devalue the shit out of him. So, I mean, I'm going to hang on to him. Um, they spend a third round pick on him, dude. They got to get him involved. Trade him, him to me.
2: To. Trade him to me, please.
0: I don't think I have him in AR leagues. But, I mean, again, the Vikings, they spend a third round pick on him. So they got to get him involved. Kind of like we just talked about, you got to get guys on the field that you know have talent. Um, so, I'm hoping. That he could break out. Uh, I just I'm hesitant. He's a he's a kind of a trade piece to me right now, but nobody values him. So I just I not gonna,
2: there are, there are certain players in fantasy, and when it comes to trades, I will say this. There are certain players in fantasy that you're just not going to get equivalent value for. If you try to trade Alvin Kamara right now, you're not getting anywhere close to what his value is on the field. Irv Smith is another one of those guys. People just see him as a tight end, 2 They'll sell you some sort of smack as to why he's not going to be a tight end one. You bring up the slot debate, they're going to say, ah, yeah, well, they always say that's training camp. Look, that's fine. Hold on to him. Let him create his own value. Trade him for a ransom later, especially in tight end premium leagues. But I'll move over to my bust, and no surprise here. Lamar Jackson was my quarterback bust. I'm going with Mark Andrews. This is another guy that he has, I don't want to say trouble staying on the field, but this is a guy that has some injury concerns. We saw it last year with Mark Andrews playing that many snaps. He just, he has a difficult time staying on the field. Mark Andrews finished as the tight end two last year. All right. But in terms of points per game, he finished as a tight end three. Well, that's great. He only had 852 yards receiving last year amongst all tight ends. That was best for fifth in the NFL, which is still decent. His 10 tight ends or his 10 touchdowns is what really boosted his value a lot last year. He only had 64 receptions. This was something that we talked about earlier with Lamar Jackson. This isn't, uh, what did I say Lamar Jackson was? 26th in the NFL in terms of pass attempts? So especially in PPR leagues, This isn't someone that's going to hold a lot of value. You're looking at Travis Kelsey that had 97 receptions, Darren Waller with 90, George Kittle with 85, Zach Ertz with 88. I mean, there are a lot of wide receivers ahead of Mark Andrews, especially in tight end premium leagues. Mark Andrews finished seventh in terms of receptions. A guy that came on late last year was Tyler Higbee, only played in 14 games. Have
1: more receptions. I got to cut you off, dude. Yeah, I know. You're on a roll. I'm 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 done with this shit because
0: Mark Andrews is my fucking dude.
1: You're way out of line.
0: I, I fucking loved watching that man in college. I will agree with the injury front. That is completely fair. You can't. Okay, so I'll cut you, cut you off that. too. No. That's
1: also wrong. He went 16 games his first year. He played 15 last year. You're both wrong. He doesn't have injuries. But he was hampered.
2: He was that's bothered fine. by injuries. He had
1: 90. He was not, he was not the same in a lot of he games. He had 98 targets, and he had Hayden Hurst there. He's their number one reception target. See,
0: and that's and that goes back to what we were saying with Lamar. Lamar's going to throw the ball more. And fucking Mark Andrews is going to be his wide receiver one. And you're fading Hollywood Brown, so who the fuck is catching the ball there, Mage? No one, because Lamar's not
1: throwing it! Bullshit, yeah, you said the, he was! You're fading the fastest, most exciting possible fantasy team. I know the Chiefs are there too, but in terms of the Ravens, man, they're so explosive on offense. How are you going to say that you're going to fade Hollywood Lamar and just give it to the running backs? Their O line's not even that good. It's not not that good.
2: Number one Russian offense last year. Do
1: you know what helped that? They have Lamar Jackson – Mark Ingram, and a 1,000 running backs that continue to deceive and decept all your weak skin fucking defenses out there. They play the Bengals twice. Other
0: than the Steelers. He's fading the wrong guy, especially in premium, bro.
2: Oh, my God. You
1: know, in premium, he doesn't catch the ball. What are you he, talking they, about? Okay,
0: he caught the ball 64 it's, times last it's year. It's called He's the
2: getting, premium league, Murph, because you get additional points for catching the ball.
0: Okay. George Kittle caught 85 balls last year. Mark Andrews caught 64 balls last year. Lamar Jackson's going to throw the ball more this year. Mark Andrews is going to be a wide receiver one or two in that offense. He's going to get back up into the George Kittle range if he can stay healthy. He's going to get 80 receptions, dude.
1: This isn't just like Murph said. I've liked him since college, too. He was at Oklahoma with Baker. I followed him since then. This isn't just some guy who's just come onto the scene. No, Mark Andrews has been a beastly tight end since he came out the fucking womb. Look at his size. He's a beast, okay? Yes, every tight end gets hurt, Mage. They all have durability issues. It's going to happen to Kelsey and Kittle eventually. They're fucking unicorns. It doesn't stay all right. like that. All right, right. So, so, let me, so let he me ask it. you a Go question, man. because
2: you're the one that wasn't concerned about Mark Andrews' injury concern, right? You say, oh, fine, whatever. People get hurt. He was bothered last year in games, clearly with injuries, right? He played, but he was clearly bothered by him. The most snaps he played last year was 57% against Seattle. That was the most snaps he took all year long. Because Hayden Hurst was on
1: the team, Mage. So, what do you think is going to happen when he's expected to play 100% of snaps then? He's not going to play 100% of the s- snaps, and you know that. Look, you say he's hampered. Uh, 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 right? Nick Boyle, Right? Okay, he's hampered. I remember it specifically. I'm a Mark Andrews dynasty owner. He went down in week 15 against the Bills, right? He got dinged up. One reception, three targets, 14 yards. His worst game of the year. His lowest production total. You know what he did the next two games to end the year? Four receptions on seven targets, 52 yards, touchdown. Six receptions, nine nine targets, the snaps.
0: All right, ladies. I'm telling
2: you. This is good shit.
1: You're fading the wrong guy. This is
2: good shit. This is good shit.
1: I will fade who I want, and I will fade you too if I have to. All right, you know what? I'll transition. We're going from – we're going for Major's mystery injury plague tight ends who aren't actually injury plague. Mystery! actual injury plague tight end in TJ Hawkinson, okay? He couldn't get a full productive rookie year out of him. That's going to be my boom candidate because he's a first-round tight end pick, and I literally don't know what a full production, uh, production of a season could look for Hawkinson in an offense that's going to sling the ball and be behind a bunch. You love Stafford. You love Galladay. I think Hawkinson had one shining moment there in the beginning of the year against Arizona, that we were like, ooh, ah, and everyone bought into him. And it didn't exactly pan out that way because of his concussions and all this bullshit. Tight ends tend to take the next step in the second year, anyways. Rookie tight ends struggle. Second year tight ends kind of come on the scene. And he's almost going undrafted in redraft league. So I think you're getting a steal with TJ Hawkins in there. If he could stay on the field in offense, that will definitely produced in the passing game because their offensive line is terrible. And then I'm going to fade. Here's a controversial one. Uh, Zach Ertz, it's not that controversial, but they have a two tight end uh, set over there in uh, Philly land. I think Goddard, yeah, he got knocked out cold, but he's not going anywhere. If he broke his jaw, maybe they'd have a better shot at getting him off the field, but he didn't. Uh, He just got knocked out cold. So Goddard's going to be there to eat touches. I think Ertz is still the best receiver on that team. So he's going to draw a lot of double coverage like he did last year. And uh, I just think you know, there's too many mouths to feed in terms of Goddard and him for him to really uh, produce at tight end four where he's being taken.
2: So you're fading Zach Ertz in an offense that has Alshon Jeffery injured and Jalen Ranger, who
1: now has a shoulder injury. Ready for wide? You ready for wide? Same, same shoulder injury because, because as Tyrell the Williams. Philadelphia Eagles are terrible, are awful. They don't have. The Do you know what helps a tight end? You know what helps a tight end get open? You see how he, like,
0: flew his hair back like that, man? You
1: literally said you're fading Miles Sanders. You're fading a running back on the Eagles. You want to know why I would fade Eagles running backs? Because their offensive line is fucking terrible. Jason Peters is the best lineman they have left at this point. He doesn't even want to play for them because they're going to underpay him. They need him to play left tackle now. They don't have two guards. They don't have a tackle. It's a fucking wash. And and the Eagles are terrible. You're fading the best offense in football last year. The Eagles were not that. They're literally a laughing stock. Fuck the Eagles. Fuck the Cowboys. Ertz, Dak all of them, and you, Mage. Fuck you,
0: too. <laughs> I just saw that uh, his contract negotiations broke down with the Eagles, so uh might be looking at free agency. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I kind of agree, dude. Mage, Ertz is probably going to get some receptions. There's no one else. But – it's a volume thing for me. I, I I'm taking hurts. I mean, I don't know why you're fading them Tino. I'm not, fading you're just, him you're just like, staring the pot. Yeah. Okay. You're just staring the pot and you're just being a giants fan, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trading him away in dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might draft him and redraft this year, but this will probably be the last year. Um, but I mean, let's move over to my shit too. Cause this is, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like, Ertz too, because it's kind of like writing on the wall. Um, my, my bust is going to be Austin Hooper. You know, I, he ate last year, but I think he was also proud of product of his environment as well. Um, the ball was just being flung around there in Atlanta. He had the volume. He had all the opportunity. Now he's going to Cleveland. They're probably going to have two tight end sets. They're going to probably mimic, mimic kind of like we were talking Minnesota. Um, they're going to be pounding the ball, and, you know, you guys have high expectations for Chubb. So add him into the mix too. There's just – there's only so many mouths you can feed. And, I mean, he had 75 receptions last year. I see that being more like 50 this year. Um, even, even if they do trade in Njoku, um, I still see the receptions going way down.
1: Yeah, you no, know, I agree with that. Uh, tied in a new system. I think he had a career year with Atlanta last year. So, it's going to be hard for him to uh, replicate that, especially on a new team. And he just got paid. So, he has no more reason to really ball out to that extreme anymore. Well, don't forget
2: what um, Kyle Richardson said on the uh, podcast that we had him on for the fantasy preview was that the absence of a run game last year really kind of helped Hooper in his opinion because, you know, a lot of his receptions, I believe he mentioned, came within five yards um, in lieu of a running game to try to keep the ball moving, keep the chains moving. So I agree with you. Um, Hooper, I was very high on last year. Murph, you know that. Hooper was my tight end to own. I got him in almost every draft last year late, and it really paid off. So Uh, let
0: me cut you off real quick.
2: Are you a big Hurst fan then too? What Kyle said kind of changed my mind a little bit about Hurst. But I'm coming back to the Hurst camp. So, the first person that I was really high on this year was Hayden Hurst, and I tried to get him everywhere I could. And actually, he was available in some orphan uh, leagues that I took over. He was on the free agency, so I scooped him up as much as I can. I think with the addition of Todd Gurley, I think it actually helps Hayden Hurst uh, because they actually now have a run game, which is going to open up that pass game option more for both Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Hayden Hurst, who – Is a a lot more athletic, and he's a lot bigger. Um, Do we really know who he is, though? I know he was an old-ass rookie. (laughs) I know he got beat out by Mark Andrews. Well, that's the other thing, man. I mean, honestly, I mean, they they, they traded for him this year. Hayden Hurst was a first-round pick. I think we're going to see what he has. And let's face it, I mean, you know, prior to Austin Hooper, you know – Tony Gonzalez did very well in that, in that offense um, with Atlanta also. So I'm kind of looking forward to what Hayden and Hurst can do in that offense this year. All right. Before we wrap this thing up, I
0: got to do my boom, and I got to be a homer. And I have to apologize. Let me drink my Kool-Aid real quick. I have to apologize to Evan Ingram. Everything I ever said, I didn't mean. Just frustration. Dude, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on Evan Ingram everywhere right now. I'm trying to buy him up. (laughs) I'm probably just drinking it because of the Twitter line and everybody reporting practice and shit and him just crushing it with Danny. But, I mean, dude, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this this is the year, dude. And I've been down on Ingram for a while, but I've also been a candidate of the ones saying that you can't trade him away because he has no value. But I'm all about EE this year, boys.
1: Listen, I, I threw dirt on his name too, just because of his injuries. And
2: to be honest,
1: I've kind of started to sip the tea a little bit more. But his stock's rising, so I feel like I've like avoided him for too long, and now really I could only get him in redraft leagues. But then it's kind of where you're at. You don't want to overvalue him. Look, I think he's going to be a beast this year, from what I've seen. In terms of, I think he could be a very touchdown-friendly guy. I think his PPR receptions are going to be there it's my only issue with him has always been the health man that's it and i think the giants are going to be so much better of a team if he's on the field and maybe with golden Tate being out if this is longer than we think if ingram's actually healthy he might eat even more earlier in the year he plays 16 where does he finish top five tight end top three top three top three he should So, and I'm going to,
0: we're such
2: fucking homers, but I'm not, we're not, we're not, not. I really do. I'm going to tell you why. All right. You shut up when I'm talking to you. Listen to me. So I know Murph, you're aware of this. So we went through this conversation before in terms of Giants land, right? So somebody out there said, ah, the Giants should go after Juju Smith-Schuster next year. The Giants don't need Juju. We've been down this road. Juju is a Batman. uh, We're getting Allen Robinson, bro juju is a robin not a batman but what i did though and i went back and i did an analysis on evan ingram versus juju because they both excel at a slot right so they both were drafted in 2007 both played through 2019 evan ingram obviously missed some games so i don't like going based on totals because it's not fair comparison but let's break it down per game all right Evan Ingram receives 4.5 receptions per game. Juju, five. The difference in the receiving yards. On average, Ingram receives about 52 receiving yards per game. Juju, 69. A difference of 17 yards per game. No difference in the touchdowns. 0.4 for each of them. So you're telling me if you have not healthy, Evan Ingram, right, over a 16-game schedule – He's not going to put up close to wide receiver one numbers?
0: I mean, I have no argument, Brian. I have none. I mean, I'm I'm all in, dude. It was his boom candidate, Mage. Yeah, I mean, no, a, I, no know a, I know you're about, making a point for our listeners. But,
2: I right, mean, honestly, We're talking about him. What can he be over a 16-game schedule? What, you know, yeah, right? yeah. So right. I get yeah. it in terms of the boom. But the actual statistics, if you need a comparison, Juju might be one of his closest – Yeah. No, that's comparisons there. So if you're buying Juju as a wide receiver one as a wide receiver two in, you know, second and third rounds of dynasty drafts, maybe a little bit later.
0: It's funny too, because people in the fantasy community that we play with that aren't Giants fans are now all suddenly all in on Evan Ingram. It's funny. I don't I know we're we're Giants fans, Kool Aid drinking and stuff, but it's out there, dude.
2: You know, it's no bullshit. Evan Evan Ingram's in for a big year if he can stay healthy. All right, so that wraps up the tight ends. But I want to ask you guys a question because I'm sorry. We got to start getting um, the Jets involved in this New York podcast, right? So we talk a lot about about the Giants. Who are you guys buying on the New York Jets this year in terms of fantasy? Let's start with Dino. Chris Herndon.
1: I said I was going to buy Jameson Crowder, and then I heard he started fumbling a bunch during training camp, and now I'm hesitant. Maybe Denzel Mims, at least in dynasty perspectives. Uh, he could be a sneaky play just because someone's got to catch the ball there. Herndon's the guy with the highest potential, you could say, just because he's another guy like Ingram. We haven't seen the whole thing yet. But I think they could utilize him really well in that offense. So Herndon's probably the guy for me. Do you stand on Le'Veon Bell this year, Tino? I think Le'Veon Bell's a great fucking player. I saw his wheel route in the end zone. I saw him catch a touchdown if they utilize him right. Allegedly, this came out today that they squashed the beef, Gayson Bell, that it was a misunderstanding on the whole. He held him out with the hamstring injury thing. And I am still not, Gore's getting carries. I'm not sipping that exactly. Gore's, Gore's getting, getting carries. But to be honest though, I, uh, I have Lev in a dynasty league and just took with Michael P Ryan in the third round. And I feel really, really happy about that. I think P Ryan has exploded in, um, uh, training camp. I knew he had a lot of potential out of Florida. Um, Mage is shaking his head because he likes P. Ryan, too, and he's going to say that I took it from him, too. I literally have Le'Veon Bell and had to take him, Mage as my handcuff. But I think he has tons of talent. He avoided a major injury, and it's only an ankle sprain. He may not get looks right away. Gore's probably going to get them instead, which is why the Jets will suck. But, um, listen, I think Lev's a talent. I'd buy him in Dynasty Redraft. I can't tell you what the fuck's going to happen this year with the Jets, but he's probably going soon. It's going to happen.
2: I have a rebuttal for Le'Veon Bell, but Murph, I want to hear your opinion first on the Jets and who you're buying.
0: Uh, well, major like he knows this. I like to go wide receiver twos a lot, so I'm I'm big on Crowder. I, th- I like the reception standpoint there and the volume that he's gonna get. Uh, then I'm gonna be a cheap bastard. I like uh I like Stash and Perryman up. Why not? I mean, why not? He he's shown that he can play a role on a team. Um, and then, dude, if you can get Frank Gore, why not? Why not? Adam Gaze is, like, the type of guy that will, like, Le'Veon will say something to him in mid-game, and, like, he's, he'll get, like, half the carries that he was projected to get.
1: Yeah, like, Adam sucks.
0: Because, like, yeah, that's just how Adam Gaze operates. Like, it's so fucking obvious. And Le'Veon, dude, I mean, cool. Le'Veon's a great player, but, like, you can't tell me there's not something off with that man. He was right about a lot of shit in Pittsburgh. But, I mean, at the same time, I would buy Le'Veon for cheap, but I'm probably not drafting him anywhere high. I mean, he's a talent, obviously, but I'm not trading for him right now.
2: Le'Veon, if I'm not mistaken, is 28 years old, but he does have the year off from football, which gives him an extra dog year or two if you want to consider that. But how are you guys feeling about Le'Veon Bell if the rumors are true that Adam Gase wants to use him more in the slot? I mean, you put your weapons on the field, like we've been saying this whole episode. See, I'm telling you, so for me, in the right situation, just because I tend to go running back heavy – I kind of like a little bit what both of you guys are saying. I think Jamison Crowder is my wide receiver one in, um, uh, for the Jets. I love the fact that he's just gobbling stuff, short yardage, PPR monster, and then the yards after catch. I think I- I'm excited to see what Bashar Perriman can do this year in uh, this offense. I think he has potential to also uh, put up a lot of numbers. Denzel Mims I would stash in Dynasty. LaMichael P. Ryan – I I mean, that's my guy, dude. I've been all over him. I love his size. Adam Gase just wants somebody that can just run downhill. That that's definitely gonna be P. Ryan, too. So Sam Darnold, I I think that Sam Darnold could be a really good quarterback in this league. I just don't think we're gonna see it with the Jets, and I don't think we're gonna see it with Adam Gase. But okay. Fair
0: on Gase, but at the same time, they've gotten they've put shit around him now. So there's no excuses. And J D, like I kinda like I'm not going to lie. I like what Joe Douglas has done for them. Um, I think he's going to be good for them. I also think Joe Douglas is going to want his own coach. And sometimes with a new coach comes a new quarterback. And if Sam Darnold isn't going to produce with what he has now, I mean, he got him a left tackle and a right tackle. They're not the best in the world, but whatever. Um, He got him, I believe they got him a center as well. Uh, But, you know, he's got wide receivers. He has a couple tight end options. He had a good connection with Ryan Griffin last year. So, Like, I don't know. Okay, cool. He didn't have an O-line. So, the excuses are over for him, in my opinion. Um, I think he can be good. I just don't know if he will be, man. And you're right. Adam Gase might be part of that problem. But sometimes those situations come. And Joe Joe Douglas kind of reminds me of Gettleman. He seems like a no-bullshit kind of guy. So... Um, He might want his own He might want his own Whole fucking thing man Well Joe
2: Douglas Is here in part Because of Adam Gase Though also Is he? Yeah, Yeah I don't know Anything about that Yeah let's not forget That too I mean Adam Gase I mean that was weird How everything went down Adam Gase became Became the kind of Acting GM He kind of pounded The table for Joe Douglas got Joe Douglas So Adam Gase Was running the show For a little bit I don't know why But Adam Gase Has a little more power There than I think He should have so all right, boys, so we do have live football next week, so make sure you check us out next week too because we are going to start Tino's gambling episode. So Tino is going to be providing us his locks of the
1: week. Tino, are you ready to start that next week? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my locks are doing pretty good. Anyone who's been following me on the New York football pod have known I've been beating the Celtics and Heat Drum for a while, and they're both up 2-0. So I've made money off that, and they've made money off it. So we'll look to continue that when I bring that over here. It'll be anything. It'll be anything from hockey to basketball to baseball, kind of what I'm feeling.
2: All right, boys. So that's going to wrap up this fantasy football episode here. we definitely going to get a little more involved in the Jets, too, and the pulse on what's going on with the Jets. We'll try to include that into our weeklies, as well as Tino's gambling tips. Um, Look, I mean, there hasn't been, honestly, one tweet that I haven't, Tag Tino in that I haven't seen a loss on so far. So, I mean, I'm kind of gassing you up here a little bit, Tino, so you're going to have some big shoes to fill. But uh, but I'm confident in you. I think, I think you can deliver.
1: Gambling, the trick is to always expect to win, and then when you lose, just act like it never happened. So we're going to do a <laughs> lot. We're just going to completely dismiss everything. We'll only talk about winners on this show. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I talk about both. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode
1: of Clapback Sports.
2: So appreciate everybody for listening. Peace and love, everyone.